What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase, interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest. Hi, I'm Coach Michael Burke, the Super Coach, and I have a podcast called Person of Interest based on a book that I wrote called Person of Interest. People of interest live fascinating lives. They go to fascinating places. They do fascinating things. And they are big on connectivity and optimization. So I'm out in Fullerton, California. Beautiful place. Beautiful weather. And I'm interviewing some interesting people today for the concept of personal of interest. We believe people of interest attract business to them versus chase business. We believe in moving and circulating about the planet and introducing yourself to new people. We also believe that people of interest have certain characteristics. They know how to brand and position and market themselves. So today we're in Fullerton, California at a cool little restaurant and I'm with Allie Archer. Allie. Hello. Welcome to Person of Interest and you are a little person of interest, right? Uh, you're a travel blogger, digital nomad based in San Diego. We have to go to San Diego because everyone's telling me how beautiful San Diego is. And she inspires people to become the best person that they can become. So. There's a couple questions I want to ask you, okay? How did you, when you say travel blogger, digital nomad, you know, I, I think about when I was growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a basketball coach. I became a women's basketball coach and a very successful women's basketball coach. But I knew very early in life, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? When, when, I, don't, I don't remember there being a, a, an area that you say, travel blogger, digital nomad, like, this is me what either. I want to be when I grew up. So tell me a little bit about how you come to do this for a living? Like, how do you come to this as a vocation? It's kind of interesting. So growing up, I mean, as Americans, we mm -hmm. just didn't travel overseas right. or go outside the country. And I feel like that's normal for a lot of Americans. Yes. yes. And so I never really um, had that experience traveling abroad. Okay. So in school, like we learned about, you know, all these different places like Egypt. And I was like, wow, that'd be so cool to actually go there. And right. Spanish class. Like, I would love to go to Spain. Okay. And um, when the time came to go to college, an opportunity to study abroad, so I went to Italy for six weeks, okay. put all my savings towards that, and then from then I just had this major travel bug. Okay. By the time I was about to graduate from college, I was you know, applying for typical eight to five jobs, and then I just had this moment of like, I need to travel, yes. but I didn't have the money to do that. Okay. <laughs> my parents sure. were like, I remember my dad made this <laughs> joke of like, oh, well, if you, um, you know, find a job that you travel for work, then maybe you can do that. And then I was right. like, actually, that's a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, I ended up remembering about one of the, um, a couple of the companies, the group travel companies when I was studying abroad okay. and they had tour guides okay. for those. So I was like, well, what if I could be a tour guide? Yes. So it was one of those moments where when I applied to be a tour guide for that, just right. everything just fell into place. I don't right. know if you've ever had moments where like your yeah. intuition's like pulling you. Yes. And when you say yes, everything works out and so it was it was a moment of um it was like this moment where i wasn't sure that taking this risk taking this leap of faith would actually pay off yeah but i just decided to trust that i ended up landing a summer job in dc in new york okay. working for educational conferences then i when i was there i got the job in italy so a month later i moved to Italy was there for six months, and um, even when I came back and started working in like traditional jobs again, right. I was using my vacation time to work and travel for like short-term jobs. Right. So sure. finding all these like really creative ways to fund my travels and work okay. in exchange for that. So nice. It's kind of how that. Well, goes I think you know my buddy Tim Story, who lives out here in LA, 
said that there's a cycle. And um, first you have a big revelation. Mm-hmm. Big revelation is a big aha, dramatic moment, right? Yeah. You felt like you had that. Uh-huh. Because the revelation, you then had conviction. Mm-hmm. So you then had this deep-seated belief in you to go do something. And then you took action. Now, we live in a world where a lot of people are kind of diss or negative toward chasing your bliss, chasing your passion, because I'm sure traditional thinking was, Allie, how are you going to monetize this? Like, how are you going to make any money? Mm-hmm. And you have to make money to live, right? So, so what would you tell people? Because I think part of the interesting part of your story is you, you had this revelation and you took action on it. Mm-hmm. And then you figured out how to monetize it, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't figure out how to monetize it first. I think a lot of people of interest commit first and then they figure it out. Exactly. They move toward the direction of their dreams. They're inspired. That word inspiration means to uh, breathe life into. But an inspiration is where uh, an idea has a hold of you and it is trying to take you to a place, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to the people out there about considerations because a consideration is an internal thought that prohibits an external action. One consideration is I'll never be able to make any money doing this. Mm-hmm. I need to go traditional thing. path. I need mm-hmm. to go to college. I need mm-hmm. to get a job. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. It seems like you remove that consideration. Mm-hmm. How? Because it, I'm 42 years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am just now removing lots of considerations. First, by having a um, awareness mm-hmm. that these considerations hold us back. I'm trying to remove it in the people I'm coaching. People of interest are totally independent of the good opinion of others. Self-actualized people are independent of the good opinion of others. So they don't make decisions based on other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to remove that? So it's hard because you have all these people that are giving you advice and what they would mm-hmm. do. And if I were you, I wouldn't do that. And if I were you, mm-hmm. I would choose to good. get a safe job. Mm-hmm. And I, this was like me. I was 21 when I just graduated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the workforce Uh and I just had this feeling I was like I know that if I say yes I'm gonna figure it out yes and I'm just gonna be resourceful and make it happen Mm, it's good and so I just think like say yes figure it out if I always say like this is something I actually learned later on with sales is that you if you're buying something that you tend to buy an emotion and then you can justify it with logic right right for me I was emotionally so pulled to this move to Italy and then later on working for these other travel jobs like I was emotionally there I try to justify it with logic. So that's what I try to like tell some of my readers that may email me questions about, oh, right. I have time, I have money, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, right. like make a list and do this and okay. figure out how much money you need. Just get the logistics yeah. in place so you can give yourself that permission right. to take that leap. Right. So you're really today selling the recipe. You baked the cake for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and you went abroad. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing you learned? Because a lot of people in the United States will never go to other countries. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when, I, when you look at some of the top people in the world, I was trying to think of what industry it's in, maybe design. Most of those people lived in other countries for a period of their life. Mm-hmm. They brought ideas back to the United States. Mm-hmm. What ideas did you bring back to the United States? What would you tell people, like, this is the reason you need to travel abroad? I think one of the biggest reasons is to not just understand yourself, but understand other people. Yes. You learn so much by going to other cultures. And one of the biggest things is that there's underlying theme of that we are all human. We all have the same needs. We need to eat. We need to sleep. We need love. We need to become better people. And we're all the same. So if we can just, you know, put aside some of the cultural differences and appreciate those, 
then we can you know work together nice. and do better things for the world at whole nice. so and and that's a big thing do you think you have more compassion for people when you come back to the united states do you think you just have a deeper understanding of the basic human needs that all people have is that has that helped you yeah definitely i mean okay. i think it just helps all around just understanding people connecting okay. with people and even just like communicating with people so one of the biggest things that i was struggling with before I moved to Italy and before I had these other travel jobs was, am I going to be unemployable when I come home? Right. And when I did that interview process, I did work in an eight to five job at a university for a couple of years, which I loved. Um, uh, in those interview processes, my travel experience actually helped me because okay. not only was I able to talk about scenarios and right. problem solving and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but it also um, just teaches you how to communicate right <laughs> and which is a huge missing structure for lots of people mm -hmm. they just can't connect mm -hmm. like one characteristic when i wrote the book person of interest i said there's these seven characteristics or attributes of most people of interest one of those was connectivity mm -hmm. being able to walk into a room in a strange place and connect to anybody anywhere anytime mm -hmm. right like that's like like i always joke and say you know my southern accent works in nashville and it works in new york city <laughs> you know, so so when you think about this concept of of uh, I want to give you a concept of lifestyle lifestyle design. Okay, this is a big concept that came out years ago with the four hour work week. When building this life, many retirements, um, that's really what you've done, right? Like you've kind of designed your life around your passion. Mm -hmm. exactly. fair, fair enough. Now, because there's lots of people, I think the stats tell me that 67 to 70% of people in the United States are disengaged with their work, meaning they're in occupations which occupy their time, mm -hmm. in which they receive a paycheck for, but they're not living the life of lifestyle design like you are, right? So talk to a person out there who's like, I'm one of those seven out of 10 people that thinks my job sucks. I get up and go to it. It's sucking the life and energy out of me. There is a better way. Allie's done it. Allie Archer, by the way. Love that name. <laughs> Allie Archer's doing it. She's out there traveling the world, making money, having fun, living the life, right? T talk to that person and tell them how to do it. So I think it's funny you mentioned for our work week because everyone says that's like the digital nomads Bible. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I read that um, years ago and okay. it completely inspired mm, me. Good. Inspired me to just get clear on like my productivity too and how I was structuring my days. Mm. But then also thinking about um, the urgency that you don't know how long you're going to live mm. and you might as well enjoy the time that you have. Mm. And considering we spend 40 plus hours in a traditional job every single week, you might as well enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they just get caught up in the fact that like, oh, I should feel lucky that I have a job, which yes, it's amazing to be contributing to society and you know, right. bringing home a paycheck. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. But if you can find something that lifts up your passion and your spirit and makes you excited, think about that energy that you're going to bring when you wake up every day, just yes. motivated. Yes. And that's something that you can contribute and be much more passionate about. Yeah. Most yeah. people of interest are going to vocations, which is the Latin term for voice or calling in life. They come with batteries included. They're playing in their unique ability area. They're having fun. The work has given them energy, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about this, what's a typical day for you look like? Do you, do you, do you get up early? Do you sleep late? Do you, do you go places every week? Talk about that. 
It depends whether I'm traveling or not. Okay. So one of my biggest things is that I know that if I travel full time, I will just get a little burnt out from that. Okay. And that exhaustion of always being on the road. Some okay. people thrive off of that. Right. I know for me, it's like shorter mm. trips, maybe two to six weeks at a time is best for me. So that's why I have a home base in San Diego, which was my dream. <laughs> so if I'm home, I have a pretty standard routine. I was really inspired a few years ago. I read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Okay. Are you familiar? Yeah, I am. Yes. Really good. Yes. So I basically do my miracle morning routine okay. when I wake up okay. and then I do work. And then mm. I try to, what I've done is um, one of my main income sources is freelance work. So okay. I've been focusing on freelance work that's scalable, where I can earn a flat rate. I can do really valuable work and just do it without having to be stuck you know, in the time it takes. Mm. So if I can get my work done, I'll go to a fitness class, go to the beach. Okay. So um, that helps when I'm traveling too, because it doesn't matter if I'm in San Diego or if I'm at a hotel in Cartagena okay. or in Costa Rica, okay. I can wake up if I have internet, get my, you know, do my miracle morning, nice. sure. <laughs> get my work done, and yeah. then I go out and enjoy my day. Now, I'm gonna, t I'm gonna tell you, I'm a self-proclaimed grinder. Mm -hmm. I was a women's basketball coach for a decade. I worked 80 hours a week every week. Mm -hmm. um, now I run a, a you know a multi-million dollar coaching company. But my brain is trained to prospect every day, mm -hmm. to work a selling system every day, to generate money every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, so so when I think about your lifestyle, my my little brain goes up and goes, oh, how could you work the system? How do you work the sales system if you're out traveling and about? Because it does disrupt. You're not in an office, right? Like Katie, my CEO, came from an environment where they have salespeople every day making thousands of sales calls. Everything's in the office. Mm -hmm. I am more about the world, getting out, meeting people, right? Mm -hmm. But I do understand that we have to drive revenue. We have to produce money. So how would you tell a person that wants the lifestyle you live, are you that disciplined and regimented in creating sales, or do you just go out into the universe and... Things happen. Kind of a mix, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. To be totally honest. Um, one thing that I've been really grateful for mm -hmm. is that a lot of my, for my freelance clients, a lot of them have been referrals. Okay. I'm so grateful and feel really happy that mm -hmm. my clients like trust me and they mm -hmm. like my work to like refer me to other people. So that's okay. really helped with you know not doing as much prospecting or okay. trying to do emails or LinkedIn and that okay. kind of stuff. But that does help. Okay. And then as far as my travel blog goes, I've come up with, not come up, I've just followed some other like okay. systems that other bloggers do with like affiliate marketing, um, advertising, okay. and good. then I have an e-course as well for aspiring freelancers to learn how to do Pinterest management. A lot of that is set up with systems running in the background. So it does take me like a little bit more time to get that running. But once okay. it's up and running, then it kind of just is like an engine in yes. a certain sense. Gotcha. So, out of all the places that you've been, so you, so let me go back to that question before okay. I move on. So if I were coaching you, do you, do you prospect for a couple hours per day or do you, do you or do you some days, how do you prospect in your business or do you just, because this is very important, people of interest create things that other people are attracted to, okay? Mm -hmm. And I really like the concept of attracting business to me by living an interesting life, being an interesting person, going to interesting places, creating interesting things. Mm -hmm. So my phone is ringing with incoming demand. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the path that you take? 
more so working towards that. Okay. Like my phone doesn't ring every single day. Okay, sure, <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, but I, I mean, with my blog, I have tons of content. I've been blogging for okay. five years yes. now. So okay. I have a lot of content. I have email okay. funnels in place right now. Okay. So I'll get replies from my readers that, you know, they're really vulnerable and open. They tell me like, this is what I'm going through. I really want to work and travel. And if okay. you know, my Pinterest program is the right fit, then I okay. might mention that to them. Okay. Um, and you know, they, that's something that um, I think is like important for you know, the blogging side of it. Yes. On the freelance client side, um, like I said, referrals have been amazing and okay. just like holding on to those testimonials, okay. not being afraid to ask for testimonials. Sure. Um, but then of course, if I do do any prospecting, it might be like through LinkedIn. Okay. Um, I might do Facebook groups. I okay. think Facebook groups are a really good, good. way to casually okay. meet people. Um, and just connect with people. And yeah, those are like the main two ways I would say I prospect. All right, out of all the places you've been, what's been the coolest place? It's so hard to ask that's the that question. That's the ultimate person of interest city. Like, this is a cool place. Um, I really, oh, there's like five that come to mind. Okay, what's the first one or two? The first one that comes to mind, I would say Cartagena. Okay. Columbia. Oh. It was just so much fun. I solo traveled there last December. Okay, solo traveled there. Yeah, and wow. I met a bunch of people. There's tons okay. of tourism there. But um, beautiful city, really cool beaches, Latin vibes, really good food. I, I like it. Recommend it. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't fun. even think yeah. of that place if you didn't mm -hmm. mention it. I like it. Wouldn't. It wouldn't even. I wouldn't register for that. So nice. Mm -hmm. Now let's finish with this concept. Instagram. Mm -hmm. People are out there. Obviously, Instagram is hot. Lots of people are using it. Mm -hmm. Is that your primary way that you communicate with the world, or do you, or is it LinkedIn, or how, what do you do? Um, I would say a mix between Instagram and email marketing okay. are my top two. And then Pinterest, of course. Pinterest is more of like a traffic driver to okay. my blog. Okay. And that brings people to my email list and my Instagram. So. Okay. Um, but it's a great brand driver. You get to showcase like, oh, I actually am, you know, I do walk my talk. I do okay. work and travel. And okay. um, it's a nice way to like micro blog and give other okay. tips and do okay. Instagram stories. So yeah, I okay. think Instagram is really great. Nice. Yeah. So if I was out there in the world, I would find Allie Archer where? Like, how would I know about Allie Archer? Your Pinterest, your, your Instagram? Probably Instagram or my blog and email. What's the blog called? It's called Go Seek Explore. Oh, nice. Yeah. Look at you, got a good theme. Go, <laughs> Go Seek. Go Seek Explore. Did you come up with that or somebody else come up with it? I did come up with it. Yes. Yeah, I just, I needed Seek a name explore. and I was never fully happy with it, but then now I really like you it. You know, what's interesting <laughs> is I, I'm an explorer. My wife is not. So when we go places, I want to get out and go explore. Like what's in Fullerton, California? What is it? You know, like what's in this place? Like cool dives and bars and restaurants. And you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that so, and yesterday, my daughter who's six years old said, Daddy, let's go explore. Like I'm like, good, right? Mm -hmm. My yeah. wife's like, no, let's stay at the hotel by the pool. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But I think, you, I think you live a fascinating life. Travel blogger, digital nomad. Uh, true person of interest. I suspect that you're going to do big things in the world, Allie. Thank you. I really do. I think you think it you get, a lot. I think you're in alignment with your purpose, mm -hmm. and I I can feel your energy radiating off of you. And when you talk about it, you light up, right? Yeah, and yeah. so so I think, and I think we're living in such a world, guys. I really believe I believe in intentional congruence. 
I'm going to write a book on this at some point, and it's basically where all parts of your life feed all parts of your life. So if you enjoy real estate, you own the real estate, you go to the real estate, you use the real estate to make money, you travel around the world, whatever, everything feeds everything. Mm -hmm. Like on this trip, I brought my wife and my daughter with me because many times they don't get to go with me. Well, intentional congruence is you find a way that they can go. Whether you bring a nanny or an assistant, you figure it out because that's an intentionally congruent life. We don't have to live separate lives or compartmentalize mm -hmm. where we work and then we go do this. Our work can become our play. Our play can become our work, right? And I exactly. think that's what a lot of people of interest, a lot of people who, who want to become people of interest are looking for. So mm -hmm. thank you for spending time with me in Fullerton, California. I know you're a San Diego girl mm -hmm. and thank you for what you're doing and, and I'm really excited uh, about your work. I'm going to turn my wife onto your blog because I want, I want her to, uh, if you're listening to Natalie, go seek and explore. That's going to be good, <laughs> all right? So, Allie Archer, everybody, thank you cool. very much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Really